This is the late Professor Stephen Hawking. You are listening to the Madrigal Files Podcast. Here is your host, Madrigal. And... Hello. Welcome to the Madrigal Files Podcast. I'm Matt Regal. Wouldn't it have been surprising to hear a different name there, but no. I'm Matt Regal, and this is the Matt Regal Podcast. Matt Regal Files Podcast, excuse me. Jeez. So today, it's not going to be super long, but I just want to talk a little bit about radio, about podcasts. You know, something I like, and this is my podcast, so that's what we're going to do. Um, yeah, I, I went to school to study radio and television, which sounds weird. It sounds like, um, it sounds like a bit of a, a bit of a, like a farcical major. I'll give you that. When you sound, when you tell someone that you're going to study TV, they think it's like, you know, watching Game of Thrones and analyzing. And it's not that. I think some people that go there think it is too. Uh, when I was in school, it sure seemed like there were two mindsets of people that went into radio and television. There were the people that thought, hey, I like to watch TV, um, so I'm going to go study radio and television. Then there were the people that realized what it actually was and wanted to be creative and make things. In my opinion, I fell into the latter category. So I went to school thinking, I want to do TV production. Got there, tried it. Um, realized uh, I, I didn't really have the patience. It requires a lot of patience, um, you know, to set everything up, make sure everything's good to go. And um, I realized that aspect of it isn't for me, but fortunately there's a whole other side. I enjoyed pre-production a lot, writing and coming up with ideas and things like that. And, you know, and also it was a ra- radio and television. Uh, there's a whole nother medium to explore, radio. Uh, so I gave it a shot buddy of mine created a legendary podcast uh, with him. Ty Colgate was his name. Is his name. It still is his name. We created the Ty and Matt show with Matt and Ty. And that was, that was what solidified me thinking, oh, I want to do radio. But I, it, it was only after I decided this is the avenue I want to attempt to go down that I had been into radio for a long time, much longer than I realized. Like when I was a little kid, I would listen at a boombox parked right next to my head essentially probably gonna have hearing damage because of this Uh, but I would listen to ESPN 1000 which was out of Chicago I'd listen to it at night it helped me fall asleep which I'm sure the people that were on at that hour would love to hear that yeah I when I was tired um but couldn't fall asleep I would just throw your show on and I would I'd be out definitely not what you want to hear and then middle school got an iPod for the first time. That's like a rite of passage for kids my age. You get your first iPod. And that's where I discovered podcasts. Um, and I got into like Bill Simmons. That was the first one I listened to a lot. And then he would talk about this guy named Adam Carolla, who I'd never heard of. But I'm like, oh, I'll give it a shot. I like Bill Simmons. He's, he's talking about Corolla. So I check out Corolla. Corolla sent me na- down a new path. That got me really into comedy. I always liked laughing, but so does everyone. But... The Adam Carolla show kind of showed me, like, what you can do. Uh, like, you know, cr- how how you create comedy and 
how it can actually be a job. Um, so I listened to that religiously through high school. I would listen on the bus. I'd listen in study hall. Whenever I wasn't doing something else, I'd be throwing in headphones and listening to the Adam Carolla show or some other shows I got into that Dana Gould hour and stuff like that. But that was basically what I did all the time. Um, listen to podcasts. I didn't think anything of it. I just enjoyed it. I continued in college, kept listening to podcasts, but then weirdly enough, I know the year because it was one year after the show actually went off the air, the original form format of the show. Uh, in 2015, I discovered the Opie and Anthony show. Obviously, it's not a huge discovery. It was very well known, but it was the first time I listened to it. And that was the show that made me realize, oh, my God, that's what I want to do. I want to get into radio. Because um, I'd never heard anything like this. It's just Opie and Anthony, their strong suit was they just talked. They didn't do stupid voices. They didn't, you know, do corny bits unless it was done kind of ironically to make fun of someone else that did a corny bit. Um, it's still something I listen to every night when I'm going to sleep. I throw on, you know, some Opie and Anthony videos on YouTube and just listen or I throw on. There's some good Samaritan that put together a live stream of Opie and Anthony that just plays for 24 hours. Over and over and over. It's it's pretty awesome. I think I've probably listened to hundreds of hours of the Opie and Anthony show. I know, like, the history of the show, inside out and backwards. I love it. And I only started listening to it after it was off the air, which is super weird. But I kept up with all the guys on the show and followed them, and I realized I, I want to do, do radio. So the opportunity came up to do a podcast with a good friend of mine, Ty Colgate. We created a legendary podcast called The Ty and Matt Show with Matt and Ty. And that was a blast. I loved it. I wanted more. So I uh, started my own podcast and I do this and, um, you know, sporadically, but I'm still trying to get into radio. That's where I'd love to be. I love writing. That's what I do now as my job, which is awesome. I mean, that pretty fun to be able to make money writing. Um, never thought that was going to be a possibility, but, you know, I'd love to get back to radio someday. And uh, I, I've had the opportunity to intern at a station, which was awesome. I learned a ton. Because um, the weird thing was, in a radio and television program at the University of Central Florida, there was only really one radio class that they called radio production, and you learned... Um, a, I was going to say you learn everything, but you don't. You just learn, like, the different parts of the radio industry like on a very surface level and that's not the fault of the instructor that's in fault of the fault of the school really um not spending enough time on that but there's not as many kids that want to get into radio but it's still a completely viable industry um that i would like to be a part of someday and i'll tell you even just listening to shows you pick up you know you pick up things and realize you know what you like what you don't like and i think that's the case for anything any especially creative endeavor. If you want to be a writer, then obviously you read. You, you learn from the best, you know. If you want to be a writer, you read like Hemingway and you read, you know, like the classics. That was the only author I can think of. That's embarrassing. But anyway, you read good stuff. But I also think that you can learn a lot from bad examples. And, and that was one of the things that I loved about Opie and Anthony is they used to do a bit every October called Jocktober. It was basically their benchmark bit. And all they would do is take some recordings of uh, like local radio shows from around the country 
and they would just it'd be recordings from one show. They wouldn't get like a worst worst of real. It would just be one show. Here's what they did. And they were always bad. And not just like, oh, that's not my cup of tea. Like there were fundamental problems with these shows, like things they did wrong. And I learned a lot about radio from listening to those and I still listen to them. And, you know, there are habits that you hear from these terrible shows that you're able to, you know, remedy in your own work and things like that. I love, I think that's something people need to do more. You, 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 you know, obviously look to the, the best examples of, you know, what you're aspiring to do. Listen to the best bands, read the best books, watch the best movies, but also listen or watch or read crap. I, Read and pay attention to the stuff you don't like because that helps you avoid making those mistakes if you're able to analyze garbage and figure out what it is that makes it garbage. But anyway, what I'm getting at is that there are some broadcasters that have basically informed what it is I'd like to do, you know, and what I aspired to do. I mentioned a couple of them. Adam Carolla, Anthony Cumia. Opie, Greg Opie Hughes. They obviously made up the Opie and Anthony show. And of course, I didn't even mention him because it goes without saying, Howard Stern. I mean, that's an obvious one. But there's one guy that I really wanted to uh, tip my hat to. I'm not wearing a hat. It's a, you know, metaphorical hat. And that man is Cal McAllister. And I know I've played some of his, uh, his work on this podcast before, but... It's not enough people know about him. I, I think he's fantastic. Uh, one of the greatest interviewers of his generation. And uh, I pulled another clip and thought I would attach it to the end of this podcast. Um, so here he is interviewing another legend. The incomparable Paul Lind. Uh, welcome back to the uh, Cal McAllister Show. Thank you for joining us uh, you're in for a real tree, so I've been told. I, uh, from what I hear, I got a funny guy coming on the on the program. A guy by a guy by the name of uh, of Paul Wind. Paul, thanks for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure, Cal. Thanks for having me. Oh, more than happy to have you. I didn't. I'll, I'll be frank with you. Oh, what's that? Paul, I, I didn't exactly know who you were. Oh. One of my producers said you're one of the. Uh, up-and-comers in the, in, the, in the world of comedy. You know. mm-hmm, well, I can say that, yeah. Uh, you know, I jumped at the chance to talk to one of the new, the new voices in comedy. Oh, well, I appreciate you giving me the call, even though you had no clue who I was. <laughs> oh, well, uh, no, no problem at all. I, uh, well. Now, as my understanding, you're, you're, you're on a TV show uh, called Hollywood Squares. Now, I, yeah, that's correct. I, I've seen the show on TV before. And I just don't get it. Well, what part of it don't you get, Cal? I mean, it's it's basically just giant tic-tac-toe. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, I, I, I just see all these uh, all these boxes with uh, celebrities I'm not familiar with just sitting there and they're answering questions and uh, everyone's laughing. Just, uh, there's a lot of lights involved, uh, blinking lights. I, I just, it's too much for me. Sensory overload, if you will. Oh, well, I guess it's not for everyone. <laughs> no, I guess not, but I have been told that you you occupy the uh, center square. I hear that's quite a uh, 
quite an uh, achievement, if you will. Well, it is, Cal. It is quite, you know, I got all, all sorts of people on top of me. <laughs> yeah, I get that. If you're in the middle, I guess you'd have one person on top of you. Uh, yeah, I guess you... Yeah, I guess that's true. I, uh, taking it pretty literally, I guess. Uh, yeah, but I'll tell you what, it's a great time being on the Hollywood squares. We have all sorts of fun giving all sorts of kooky ants. Well, yeah, my, my producers gave me a couple of your... Uh... Your, your, your famous one-liners that you've uh, oh, yeah. you've given over the years. And, uh, I wanted to ask uh, questions about a couple of them. Uh, is that all right? Oh, absolutely. I'd be more than happy to go over some of my greatest works. All right. Well, uh, there was one I wanted to ask you about. Uh, the, uh, the, the question was, uh, <laughs> yeah. you're the world's most popular fruit. <laughs> what are you? <laughs> humble. <laughs> and you said humble. I did. I, I just said it right there, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, very funny. Some of my greatest work. Yeah, I, I didn't get that. What do you, what do you mean? It's, there's not a whole lot to get there, Cal. I, I, I know, but, but, but I think what, I, what I'm getting at is if, if anyone or any fruit were named the most popular fruit in the world, I would have imagined that their reaction would be that they're humble. Well, I mean, that's kind of part of it. I just don't okay. see where, where, where the comedy is. That just seems like the truth to me. Uh, uh, well, I mean, I, I guess you, maybe you had to be there. <laughs> uh, I guess so. I guess so. I guess, I, you know, I, I'm a little, I'm, I'm a bit older than you, Paul. Oh, uh, uh, you don't say. You know, from a different generation. I don't really, uh, maybe it just didn't click with me now. I, I also want to talk about, uh, you recently did a uh, Halloween special, Halloween. Oh, yeah. It was a great time for special. Absolutely the best. And, and you you have the band Kiss <laughs> on, your, uh, <laughs> on your Halloween special. That I did. I'm a great group of young men. <laughs> I just couldn't take my eyes off of Gene Simmons' codpiece. Uh, why is that? <laughs> well, I got... I guess it doesn't matter. Uh, I, I had a great time working with Kiss. Uh, uh, they, they were very interesting. That I, I can understand. Um, but for the life of me, I just can't figure out. I just I don't like them. Well, what is it you don't like? I mean, you're not a fan of the rock music all the kids are into these days. No, I, you know what? I, th I think it's just, they're just too scary. Uh, a little bit. You know, that's the thing. When I, when I want to listen to music... I don't need to be frightened. Well, I guess they've teach There's enough scary okay. things going on in the world. I mean, we're just a couple of years removed from, from Vietnam. Yeah, it's That's been, scary. It was, yeah. I'm constantly worried about uh, being vaporized by a, an intercontinental ballistics missile launched by the Soviet Union. I, mm -hmm. That's why I feel like when I want to kick back and throw something on my... Uh, Record player. I don't need to be frightened. No, I, that I can kind you of know, understand. Okay. They wear all, all the, the crazy makeup. The whole th production is just very, uh, very frightening. And, and you see, that's exactly why I had them on my Halloween show. <laughs> and it just makes sense there, Cal. You just kind of proved my point. But, but you're not a scary guy. Not, not particularly. You're a funny guy, so I've been told. I like to think that. Well, then you keep being funny. Thank you for joining us, Mr. Paul Wynn. That's all the time we got from you. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Cal. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. That guy sure laughs a lot. Yet he's a comedian, but uh, I thought the way it worked was other people after your jokes. He laughed with his own. Sometimes they weren't even jokes. I still don't understand that fruit thing. That still makes zero sense to me. Well... We'll be right back with more of the Cal McAllister Show.
All right, if you like what you heard, how about you go check out the blog that bears the same name as this podcast. That's the Matt Regal Files. And while you're at it, go follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt underscore Regal. Thanks. Bye. Come on.